On this episode of Geek Out Loud, it's some ladies. That's right. It's the ladies are taking over, and they're going to force me to talk about Wonder Woman. We're going to do it. Talk about Wonder Woman on this, your safe place to geek out. everyone and welcome to geek out loud your safe place to geek out on the internet my name is steve glosson and we have a fantastic show for you i'm talking in very staccato words because i'm so excited about who is here ladies and gentlemen doing her ba walk into the room right now she is hopping over from Rock Out Loud. We call her the rockinest chick in the land. All the way up from the Jersey Shore. Man, I'm excited to have her on Geek Out Loud. It's our friend Kristen from Jersey. You gotta let Dorothy breathe now. You know the rules. I mean, I can just see you in your leather jacket just... You know, with backlit, you know, just the silhouette of you just walking in slow motion into the room like I'm here to talk about geek crap. I am okay with this because it is long overdue, right? It right? is. It is. It really is. It really is. That's the thing that a lot of people on the uh, on the, the listeners to Rock Out Loud may not know is that you're, you're, you've got the old geek gene in you, my friend. I do. It's there. I'm not like as... You know, I don't have it as thoroughly as, you know, some of you guys. And I wish I did, but music has just taken up too much of my brain to allow it to happen. That's fantastic. Now, since we're, we're, we are waiting on our second guest to fix internet issues and come on with us momentarily, uh, wow, Keith is trying to poke the bear right out of the gate here tonight, Kristen. <laughs> Aren't they always? Yeah, he says, how about them penguins? I'm just ignoring it. Yeah. Second pick in the draft. There you please, go. Please, for the love of God, please, for the love of God, let it turn out to be someone good. Hey, we're Flyers fans in the Goliverse. Sorry about it. Yeah. <laughs> to which they'll respond, yeah, you better be sorry about it. They haven't won a cup in 30 years. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's where loyalty is tested and loyalty is tried and made true. So that when the yep. cup does come home, it's that much sweeter. The victory is that much sweeter. Go Broad Street Bullies. Yeah, buddy. It's, yeah. Just, it's just going to be unbelievable sobs. I'm not mm -hmm. going to know. I'm going to have to take time off work. Like, I'm going to go to the parade. I'm going to cry. Like, my friend's going to get her first and only tattoo. Like, it's, we have plans. Yeah. See? See, guys? Hopefully we don't die before it happens. So don't bring your flyers hate around here. This is not a safe place to hate on the flyers. No. Uh, see how much See how much I've learned in the time that we've been together, Kristen? Steve, if you and I were together in a room right now, I would just give you a big bear <laughs> hug. You just made me so happy. Now, I'm, I'm, I want to ask you something, uh, mm -hmm. because you asked me earlier who John Eddie Lowe is in the chat, and, and that is John. He's, he's a friend of mine from over in, in the ATL, good dude, um, and I, I will call him friend, and uh, you were afraid that it may be someone 
impersonating a an artist. Um, yeah, a certain person that's like played my house or something. Yeah, something yeah, a few times <laughs> that you just can't stand. Hello. Yep. So, oh, whoa, holy hey! cow! I didn't even, I didn't even, you didn't tell. How did that happen? <laughs> oh my gosh! I didn't. Hold on. <laughs> oh. Ladies and gentlemen, I had no idea. Like just out of nowhere, I didn't call. Skype is like possessed tonight, but. I'm glad it is because it's bringing us our good friend from, and now she's gone. What in the world? Hold on. What just happened? Teresa's now gone? Oh my gosh. There's something in the air. Like there, there can't be two Wonder Women on the show. Like there's something, it's just like, they won't allow it to happen. It's It's going to happen. It's too much greatness for one show. Like she's on, and then all of a sudden it's just gone, real she's gone. Appeared. Yeah. And now she's not answering. Okay, Teresa. Hey, I'm gonna have to use Skype on my phone for some reason. Okay. My computer's being dumb. Like you, you showed up, and then you were gone, and I was playing your music and everything. Oh, hang on, let me get my headphones. Oh, okay. So should I play yeah. your? Wait. Wait, it was wait, going wait, so well. Wait. All right, Kristen, let me wait, continue in this. Hear, I can't hear anything. Well, stop. Hey, you can't talk while I'm talking. I will mute you. Kristen. Wow. It, okay. All right. <laughs> now. Okay. Okay. All right. Are you ready, Teresa? Oh, I guess. Okay. So, give me just, here we go. Let me give you a proper introduction. Oh. I'm almost worn out from everything Skype has done, but we have overcome it because we have one of the most magical co-hosts from one of the most magical podcasts on... Nay! The most magical podcast on the internet. You know her. You love her. She's the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk. She's the lovely, the talented, the powerful, Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. All right. <laughs> Which is all we can... Mo- what is it about a fight with Skype that just drains you when you're... Well, it's because you're staring at it going, I don't know how to fix you. <laughs> it's like a just, bad boyfriend. Um, just fix yourself. <laughs> Pull it together. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to fix you. All right, I've got to get back to Kristen's to the question I was asking Kristen. To catch you up, Kristen hates John Eddie. He's a singer. And not the one in the chat. And the rule that has been <laughs> the rule that has been laid out for me on Rock Out Loud is that if I even as a joke play even a bar, even a measure of John Eddy, Kristen's done. She refuses to yep. podcast me. Does that is is that rule true on my show on Geek Out Loud? That that rule is true on any show that I am a part of, Steve. If I am on it, you can do it like 30 episodes from now on Geek Out Loud when I'm not on. That's fine. Okay. This one? No, no. All not right. today, Satan. Are, are you saying that you're going to be on the next 30 episodes of Geek Out Loud? No, I'm just oh. saying on the one in 30 episodes that I'm probably not going to be on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can do it there. All right. <clears throat> and then I'll. Is it bad you. that I'm not really sure who that is? No, it's not because he's. No, a, you're all the better for it. He's a regional artist, I believe, up in, up in yes. Kristen's area. 
uh, her dad loves him, and he played he played a party at her house one time. Oh, so, yeah. Well, that's nice of him. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get some plugs out of the way really quickly. You know the plugs. Geekoutonline.com. Go there and click on the Amazon links, the Entertainment Earth links. Thank Geek links for all of you um, crafty people, the Fabric.com link, and uh, help the shows out. There's also Fandango links where you can buy your tickets through Fandango when you go see some of these movies that we'll be talking about all summer long. And uh, so that helps the show. And if you want to help the shows out directly, Patreon is the place to do that at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Now, Kristen, Teresa, one other piece of news we've got to get out of the way before we get into Wonder Woman. I think I know what it is. This has just broken. It literally, literally like 10 or 15 minutes ago. Uh, Han Solo film loses its directors. Now, this comes from The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, it's on StarWars.com also. Okay, so we know it's official. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller are no longer directing the Han Solo Star Wars spinoff. Uh, this is from Kathleen Kennedy. She says, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, Miller are talented filmmakers who have assembled an inca- incredible cast and crew, but it's become clear that we had different creative visions on this film, and we've decided to part ways. A new director will be announced soon. Lord and Miller say, unfortunately, our vision and process weren't aligned with our partners on this project. We normally aren't fans of the phrase, quote, creative differences, unquote, but for once, this cliche is true. We are really proud of the amazing world-class work of our cast and crew. Um, everyone's speaking nicely about each other. But hasn't the film been shot? It is in. It's shooting right now. It began filming, and they so started. So it began filming, and they're like, "No, mm-hmm. we quit, or you're fired." <laughs> I I think it was a hey guys, we're gonna have to let you go. Yeah. Um, hey, but you know what? All that proves to me is that Lucasfilm is serious, and like, if you're not in like on with what they're trying to do, they're like, "Shoot, we'll move. We'll pick somebody else." That's a much more positive spin than I've got for this thing because Phil Lord and Christopher Miller are people who have proven their worth, and um, I mean, they're more proven than a Colin Trevorrow or even a Gareth Edwards. <laughs> Colin um, Trevorrow. And as far as uh, and, and well, he's doing episode nine, and I'm just saying I know. these these are I know. these are two guys that are that have proven themselves to take they've taken properties that had no business being successful and made successful successful films. The Lego Movie, twenty one. Yes, yeah, so they're the Lego Movie guys, right? Yeah, twenty one Jump Street, twenty two Jump Street. Um, you know the they and they've been in this process for two years now. They signed on back in 2015. So I think there's something else maybe at work here, and and I'm afraid that I don't I don't look at Lucasfilm right now and say they're probably making a, the best decision. I I, I trust Kathleen Kennedy. Hmm. I mean I, I. Hey Steve, she gave you the steel pecker. I mean, come on. Exactly. Well, now, t- <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> now look, hold on. Now, now look, you got to make sure that your terms are clearly defined when you. That's what it's called. That's the bird that looks like it's got arthritis that's sitting in the desert, Jakku, the reject from the tiki room. That's the name of the bird, the steel pecker. Um, <laughs> you can't say things like, she gave you the steel pecker. You can't. I just heard it back. That's 
funny. You can't say that. Um, so anyhow, that's happening. We'll find out more as uh, things happen. And um, and if George Lucas happens to come out of retirement to direct this one, then we'll say it was all for the best. But shy of shy of them announcing next week that George Lucas is directing this movie, I don't know how this can end up being a good thing. That's just my take. Kristen, you got any opinions on this situation? Um, not really. Just the fact that you are so negative. <laughs> and I just wish you weren't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Geek Out Loud is supposed to be a positive place where everybody feels comfortable to geek out. It's, I'm just saying. I'm not... I'm not I, look. <laughs> this is a safe place to geek out except for if you want to talk Star about Trek. Star Trek or Twilight. And you know what? We're gonna we're dipping the steel pecker into that. Well, let me rephrase that phrase. <laughs> we're we're uh, hey Steve, Steve, yeah. you can't say stuff. I, like right, that, I okay? understand. We are placing the steel pecker into that same category. Um, I'm not being negative. I'm just saying that it worries me. It it concerns me um, for several reasons that I can't really talk about. Um, that I don't know how to disclose without disclosing too much i guess so uh see so that's when you know that you have secrets and that right you just you should shush yes and that's what i'm doing i'm shushing so i'm sorry to, i'm sorry to be negative and i know we're moving fast paced on this episode but we want the meat of this episode to be um to be completely devoted 100 percent to uh the recently released dc feature from Warner Brothers, Wonder Woman. Let's see if we can pull up some music from said from said film here. Mm, nope. Oh, here we go. music swelled up during one of the most one of the best uh, superhero moments from a DC movie in a long long time that's when she was stepping out into no man's land ladies and um, and taking down the German army a, a sequence that apparently Warner Brothers Studio didn't think needed to be in the movie what you heard me they're on drugs uh, that's garbage right I cried I sobbed. Is that the moment? That was, that was one of the best parts of the entire movie. Uh, that if made the movie. It's not the best. It's not the best? It said if not the if best. If not the best. Okay, so here, let's do it this way. Kristen, let's go to, well, let's go to you first because this is the text that I received, um, <laughs> received from you. Uh, it was, um, let me see here. You said. I love that you just have our text and you're like, wait, I'm ready to pull this out right now. <laughs> yeah. You said, um, so I cried at Wonder Woman, laughy face, laughy face. And yep, I did. And I responded to you on that day, I've heard good things, just did a funeral service for a stranger. Um, yep. And. <laughs> Revel in the happiness, Steve. <laughs> There's that negativity again. And so then when I asked you to come on and do this show, you said, I'm down. And you said, and I did cry. I cried twice. Mm -hmm. 
So when I was getting ready to see it, I said, I'm afraid it's been overhyped to me. And you said, it's not. It's an expletive great movie. It's unlike <laughs> any of the other DC Universe films to this point, and that And it's a good thing. And to which I said, you were right about Greta Van Fleet. And you then offered me the threat, if you hate it, I will fight you on it. <laughs> Yay! So what two points, what two moments... At what two moments did you cry? Okay, well, the two moments that I cried, I cried during, I cried early on during the beach fight scene. Really? Yeah, like, I'm not like a, um, to quote Spice World for my 90s people, I'm not like a blah, 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 girl power, feminist, like, I'm not like that girl all the time. But, like, seeing, like, a bunch of just truly BA women, like, being like, oh, yeah, you're here. You're in our territory. Yeah, we're going to slaughter you. Oh, do you have guns? No, we don't need them. Like, I didn't know I needed to see that. And I did. Mm -hmm. And that was incredible. And just, like, the scene in general, like, thank you, DC, for finally giving me a fight scene in daylight. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> I didn't know I needed that, too, but I did. Yeah. Hey, I didn't know those things could happen in the DC universe. Right? I thought every I thought everyone waited until nightfall to actually fight. Yeah, or just that like we live in Norway or something where like it's 20 hours of darkness and 4 hours of light. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know the DC universe. It could be a thing. Apparently it is in these movies. But yeah, so I cried there. And then freaking No Man's Land. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm oh. My God, the second time I saw it, there was a little girl in the, in the seat in front of me and she was in her Wonder Woman outfit. She was so excited and she just started crying and I just heard her like sniffle and her mom turned to her and said, honey, are you okay? And she was like, this is just so cool. And I was like, that's amazing. That's what this is about. That's awesome. See, I love that's stuff like that. Yes, that's what this is about. That's what all of these superhero movies should be about. Marvel, DC, what have you. It should be that moment in a child's life when they're like, this is so awesome. It should be that moment. It should be every child should have their moment that is the Superman saving the helicopter moment from Superman the movie back in 1978. Um, yep, yep. And and that definitely not Man of Steel. Definitely not Man of Steel. No, I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about you've got me. Who's got you? Um, I'm talking about running into the revolving the door to turn into Superman. I'm talking about hey man, that's a bad outfit. Woo! Woo! Uh, I'm talking about that moment that just everything comes in, and that was No Man's Land. To be honest, Teresa, tell me about Wonder Woman for you. Well. I was really excited and then I went to see it and I think part of well yeah the best part of it for me was the girls that were sitting next to me they were so unapologetic about just reacting super out loud that it encouraged me to do that and then it's like it was a trickle down effect through the whole theater mm -hmm. because we were just laughing just straight out laughing not even trying to be quiet about it you know, or cheering or whatever it was. And so it got the whole theater 
into reacting that way and that made it so much fun and you could definitely hear all the women in the theater laughing at certain parts and you didn't hear like any of the guys laughing because it's like (laughs) it's like girls get things in a different way so there's things that she says that were like truth you know (laughs) preach sister yep and and the guys are like what But I don't think, but here's the thing. I don't think it was unaccessible to men either, though. No, it wasn't. No. I just think that it's great how there are, that for women, there are so many things in this movie mm-hmm. that we just get on a different level. Right. You know? Right. Uh, you want to give an example? Like, okay, so the the boat when they're on the boat and they're talking about you know the sleeping situation oh okay so that's the example we're going to go to go ahead (laughs) yeah so it's just really it's great because she's just you know sitting there just being very logical about like well i mean you can do whatever you want to do there's all this space over here i mean i don't know why you're being so weird and awkward you know and it's like i feel like nice guys try to they try to be so nice and polite that they make things awkward you know it's like it really doesn't have to be awkward dude okay like true facts laid out true facts all right hold on guys like, just lay wait down. hold on i've got to take notes um <laughs> <laughs> don't make it awkward steve don't make it awkward that's a w k w a r d all right. Underline, underline, underline. Yeah, don't make it awkward. All right, so rule number one, gentlemen, don't make it awkward. Well, you know, and then she continues and she says, you're talking about, you know, the pleasures of, of like, sex or whatever it is that she well, says. I don't go. remember her exact words. Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah. And she's like, well, I've read all 12 volumes on blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> and, he's, so like, good. and he's like, did you bring any of that with you? She's like, you wouldn't like it. <laughs> He's like, well, no, I really want to read it. And she explains that, well, we basically determined that while men are needed for reproduction, they're not needed for pleasure. And the look on his face, and it's just like, girls, you know what I'm talking about that are listening to this. You're just like, well, not necessarily untrue. Not untrue. All right. Remember how y'all told me not to make it awkward? Um we're, we're just stating facts. We're not I'm, making it awkward. Sure, sure. You know, we're, we're skirting that family-friendly line. Of course, we started skirting <laughs> that line when Teresa was telling me about, you know, birds and stuff. Um, <laughs> M.A. This podcast is rated M.A. It'll get a million hits. Uh, but also, now there's also the time period that this movie was set in as well. True. You which know. is like, what, like 1914? Yeah, the 1920s, yeah. Right. Well, it was before that, no, because it's world. It's World War One. Well, when, I thought world. Okay, here we go. My here goes my lack of grasp on history. When was World War One? I? I thought that was in the twenties. World War One was in the teens. Oh. Because prohibition happened after, and prohibition was correct. In the 20s. Okay. Right, and the twenties were a time of like huge of prosperity for many That's countries, right. including the United States. 1914 to 1918. I did know that it began with the assassination of um, somebody. Archduke Ferdinand, is that right? I think so. Yeah. And the in World War One, Hitler served as like a private 
and he that was after World War One that he started trying to weasel his way into taking over the German government. Yeah. Now I don't. Well, let's not go down. I'm not. I'm going to try not to go down tangents too much to, on this episode, ladies. Uh, <laughs> I was about to go on a Hitler tangent, but. <laughs> Oh, please do. Well, I, you know. what makes it worth it. I be, love, I mean, I don't love Hitler. Oh, okay. But I, love, <laughs> but I, love, I love, like, like history involving Hitler and the Nazi. Well, you know, people talk about what a dynamic speaker he was and everything, and every time you see him speaking, he's just yelling and banging a podium. And I'm like. Well, you have to think, think of him like Scar, Steve. He stands up there. And he speaks so eloquently that he convinces all of the hyenas to follow him. Yeah, but what I'm, what I'm saying is, is you go back and you watch a video of Hitler speaking. He's, yeah. He's like, Nein, go say this, nein, this, nein, this, nein. <laughs> and. <laughs> wow. Slapping a podium. And, and, I'm, and I'm just like, if I were in the audience listening to that, I'd be like, maybe we need to leave this country. If this is what everyone's fired up about. You know, I, I think I'm going. Well, German is already a super aggressive language, it, so it's it going to sound aggressive no matter who is saying it. And when you're passionate about it, it's yeah, that's sound true. Intense. That's true. I was at Universal Studios in Florida one time, and I and I heard a man yelling at his son in German, like getting onto his son, and I was like scared to death. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah. it's just the German language. Now, obviously, see, here's the thing: Hitler was bad, right? But Hitler. Hitler was bad in the sense that he convinced everybody to follow him. He was one of those great manipulators, you know? But who was really bad in the like the main brain behind the Nazi empire? That was Himmler. Oh, Himmler. And Himmler is scary. Like, if I'm scared of anybody, I'm scared of Himmler. Well, he's dead. You don't have to be scared of him anymore. Just, well, you never, I mean, like, seriously, there was no bodies. Hello? No, well... So okay, so so they we've got never, a, they, Hitler's body was never actually found. So you know that. So right? we've got a supernatural situation going on where these over one hundred year old men are still they're plotting and they're coming. No, they're probably dead now, but they didn't die when they said they died. You don't think so? Oh wow, no. conspiracy theories on Geek Out Loud. <laughs> I watch too much History Channel with Greg. You don't understand. Greg is obsessed with Hitler and Nazi Germany history. Like he, his whole channel on Netflix. I'm gonna give you our login. You need to look at his his channel on Netflix, and it's all like because you watch this. Here are all these other Hitler documentaries you can watch. You know what I think it is? I think it is. I think it's the fact that you know we call that generation from World War II. We call it the greatest generation, and I really do think it's the last time in our history when everyone kind of agreed this is a just war and this is evil we must fight against um mm -hmm. and even though there were mistakes made in the fighting and in the and in and in the response to some things i i do think that that as a as a culture and as a society we look back on that we're fascinated that evil like that can exist and we're fascinated by what overcame that evil and so now watch me watch me get off this tangent train ladies and gentlemen and so I'm excited and so that I think is what makes a lot of these superhero movies appealing, especially when you get to a situation like Wonder Woman, where she is raised in seclusion on this island 
for her entire life, even though she's training to be a warrior and she's training to fight and she wants to do that and, and everyone around her is training to be like the, the peak, you know, physical fighter that you can be, there's still this thing of actually seeing it is shocking to her. Like what yes. what moved what I really dug about this character and, and, and their portrayal of her is not so much of how awesome a fighter she was, but her reason for fighting eventually and even before she got to Ares went beyond just fighting because I'm a warrior. It went to look at these oppressed people. Someone has to do something. There was a there is a sense of justice and a sense of wanting to right wrongs that was already there within her and she's also the least conflicted of these dc superheroes we've been presented with by the way oh 100 yeah, percent. say so definitely you know so and she brings she brings to the table coming <laughs> i love christian remember in a knight's tale Teresa, do you like a knight's tale oh, yeah okay Okay, I'm so excited for this analogy. Go on. Remember in A Tale when they're coming into London and it's you know they're playing Tin Lizzie and everything and and um, yes and and everyone's just so happy to be back in London because it's home to them and all. That's all I could think when they were headed into London in this movie, and she just looks like, wow, this is really an ugly place. This He's like, it's not for everybody. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, don't hate on my city. Yeah, you love the London. I love London. So do I. Have you been to London, Teresa? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. Kristen and I have so much in common. Uh, all right, well, I <laughs> See, just... that's why you haven't brought us together, because our forces are just too awesome for it... this entire realm. Well, we broke but Skype. what I find amazing is how much you love London but hate the Beatles, but whatever. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, they're not from London, but it's okay. Well, that's true. That's well. true. They aren't. <laughs> They're from, they from Liverpool. They're from Liverpool. It's true. <laughs> but I do love London. London's it, it's funny because it is like not it's not beautiful in the sense of like you walk into like Yellowstone Park and it's just gorgeous. It's like beautiful in a different way. I don't know how to, if that makes any sense. Because it does. It's so there's so much history there, and like even though a lot of places are modernized and there is the modern architecture, like that history still breathes everywhere in mm -hmm. that city. Mm -hmm. It's like a. It's like when you go to some of these downtowns that have been restored in Georgia. That it, it's just like there's an age to it, but it's also I can hang here. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Mm -hmm. But I did think of you when they were coming into London. I'm like, the boys are back. This is really an ugly place. And I was like, I can just hear the record scratch. Waving their ribbons, and they're all like, we're home, we made it! Yeah, she's like, this is horrible. What is this place? Um, but she loved the ice cream. That's true. Now, okay, here's what I want to go to both you ladies on, because this is where the, uh, how did the Spice Girls call it, Kristen? Blah, 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 blah. power, feminism. Yeah, right. This is how those, how some of those have come out and said negative things against this film. Number one, this whole idea she, when she coos at the baby because she can't, she's never seen a baby. They don't have babies on Themyscira. Did that offend either one of your sensibilities? No. Okay. Uh, the whole liking ice cream and it being this magical thing. Because no. it is freaking magical. Uh, come on. Yeah. That's right. 
It is perfection. And it was vanilla, even better. Well, you've got to start somewhere. It was in like a cone. So, duh. Y'all, that's the best. I mean, our ice cream cone's just the greatest. Yes. I, I mean, especially the waffle variety. Oh, my gosh. Like, you get through eating the ice cream, you're like, oh, I can eat the container now? Thank you. I think I will. <laughs> they, You know they make waffle bowls that yes. you can... Those are awesome. Yes, I do. I do know this. I, you're going to be hard pressed to find something in the realm of ice cream that I don't know. <laughs> uh, that that's the perks of podcasting with a fatty. Um, what was the other thing they had? A pro- oh, they had a problem with the love story. That's here's the here's here we go. Let's go down this road. Okay, what yeah, love story? Like what love story? I mean, there's there's a little bit. I mean, there's interaction and attraction between a man and a woman, which happens. That's realistic. And she didn't even really realize that there was something going on there. There was this very small interaction, stuff left to the imagination. Okay, great. But the profession of love is realized after the fact and it reinforces her whole entire reason for why she's doing what she's doing. Yep. There's it's not just, a love story that is just like, oh, well, cool. So the entire story is about them falling in love. That's not there. It's a side piece of the story. I agree. I understand something. I agree 100%. But I will say she fell in love with the man. Yeah. yeah. Do we Do we real? I mean, I don't know if we know that for a fact. I mean, mm. we know she was attracted to him. We know that she saw certain qualities in him that maybe not just physical attraction, but that actually, you know, on a personality level, she was attracted to. But do we know she actually fell in love with him? No. Can we assume I mean, she, that she did? She does yes. say, we, I believe in love at the end. Yes. But that love could be, you know, believing in love in, like, a sense of, like, loving people caring about others because her whole mission this whole time is about protecting other people she goes on that rant to that general about like this is how you protect your people or whatever you hide behind a desk that whole thing Mm -hmm. you know so love can be in a grander sense as well but i mean even if okay let's say that she did fall in love with him even if she did what the heck is so wrong with falling in love with somebody as a side note to everything else well that's my question is what's so wrong with it there's nothing wrong with it and especially since this movie shows that men and women can exist together and help lift each other up as a team to accomplish something and each person does their own you know does their job to get the outcome that's needed right because that's what he does and that's what she does So it's not like she fell in love with him and then ended up sitting in a tower watching him be the hero. No, she tore that tower down in her battle with Harry. (laughs) She busted through it. So. (laughs) Shield in hand. Let's go, boys. Mm. Did the twist catch you guys by surprise? That it ended up being Lupin? Yeah. It did, and I don't like it. Okay. Kristen, were you were you taken off guard by the twist? I was, and then the, like when I saw it for the second time, I was like, "Oh, duh!" Like I was so wrapped up in the first viewing, mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, I'm just living in this moment, living in this moment." And then I was like, "Oh yeah, they totally do kind of set that scene, don't they?" See, I I've only seen it the one time, and I haven't gone back to kind of watch those breadcrumbs be dropped. But 
I will tell you this that I was shocked because I was really expecting Dr. Poison to show up and be like, Oh, I'm I'm Aries. Yes, me too. Mm-hmm. Especially because they set that up. Like, I mean, from the trailers, like, you know, you could see, like, ooh, there's lightning fire and all this. Like, there was definitely a battle. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know deep into comic books, but I was like, I don't know that, like, a Dr. Poison's going to be able to go against, like, you know, a god, but who knows? And then when it, when it wasn't her, I was like, okay, so I was right about that, but I wasn't expecting it to be the like the, the the it's a posh gentleman that's like helping them out the entire time. I was like, wait a minute, what? That's yeah. true. Steve knows why I had issues with who it was. I mean, it's it's really hard for me sometimes when actors are solidified in a certain role. And so whenever I see him, I'm only ever going to see him as Remus Lupin from Harry Potter. And that's Ah. a problem because then I see him like this and he was the good guy, kind of like Remus was. And then he turns into the bad guy. And I was like, no, Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) Well, he's doing a fantastic job on this season of Fargo, by the way. Like, right. I mean, he's a great actor. He is. He is. But I will always see him as Prince Einan slash King Einan. Uh, from Dragonheart, 1995's uh, dragon movie starring um, Dennis Quaid in the voice of Sean Connery. And he was the bad guy in that. And man, he had some great line deliveries. I don't think I've ever seen this guy in a movie yeah. ever, so I have no I have no association with him. Have you not done the Harry Potter thing, Kristen? No. Wow. She's not the first one. She's not the first one. I know, Neither but Trisha Barr. I, I will out her here. I just, just figured like I out her everywhere else. I'm, I'm just kind of, <laughs> I'm just kind of surprised by that. I figured Harry Potter might have somehow jumped on your radar, Kristen. No. I'm, it's not. A, it, I'm not criticizing. It's not a criticism. It's just a. I I'm, was too obsessed with Bon Jovi when I was a child, Steve. Hey, I hey. had bigger fish to fry. Had to marry John Bon Jovi. And you know it what? Worked out really well for me. I feel like you went the right way. But I would also encourage everyone to take a moment and watch Dragonheart. It is a great movie about a dragon and uh, Dennis Quaid saving, you know, a kingdom from David Thewlis. Is the is the dragon as cute as Toothless? Oh, no, no, no. The dragon is, oh, well, no. It's, it's a live action film with a digital dragon voiced by Sean Connery. Oh. He says, I'm not going to kill you. Um... And and David Thewlis plays the bad guy. And at one point, he's looking at his mother, who realizes his mom realizes he's going completely off the deep end, and so she's making plans to basically kill him. And he mm-hmm. and he catches her, and he's like, and he's just this real slow, weird delivery. He's like, "How unmotherly up you!" And my friends and I used to walk around and quote that to one another all the time. So David Thewlis also spoiler alert, Aries. Um, I just didn't buy him as Ares, to be honest with you. He doesn't strike me as a... His build and everything, I'm like, he's not a god of war. Agreed. Gods of war! May your hammer be mighty. Hot Rod, anybody? Hot Rod? No? <laughs> I saw it one time. Come on. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, I know they do the final countdown in it, right? The, or no, um, Cherokee? What do they do? They, they do, do some Cherokee. They do Cherokee. There's a lot of Europe in there. Danger on the track. Uh, Rock the night. Oh, Rock the night. Uh, time has come. And uh, and then there's a group in there called Gown that appears to be 
uh, or they sound like a, a, a Europe tribute band almost. Um, well, that was the uh, the musical theme that they were obviously going for in the movie. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so hold on a second. Here we go. Gods of war, may your hammer be mighty. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hot Rod. Check it out, everybody. So there's your watching assignments. Kristen, you need to go and watch Harry Potter. Uh, everyone else, watch Dragonheart and Hot Rod. And if you have time, A Knight's Tale. Oh, yes. Everyone watch A Knight's Tale. So that, like Rufus Sewell. If he was younger, I could have bought him as the God of War. Now, which one, is, now. which one is he? The baddie in A Knight's Tale. Oh, yeah. The guy with the weird eyes. Count Adamar. Yes. Count Adamar. He's been measured, weighed, and found wanting. Oh, I used God. to get him and Joaquin mixed up. Whoa, that's an insult to Rufus, but okay. Well, like in like you look at Joaquin and Gladiator. It was around eh. that same time. Yeah, I'm just eh. I'm just telling you. <laughs> so, Joaquin. It's also fun to say Joaquin. Um. So, Steve Trevor, let's talk about this guy, ladies. Um, Captain Kirk what? Captain Kirk what? No, Steve Trevor. Uh, Chris Pine. Now, y'all, I may be a pine nut. I'm a pine nut. Um, I, He's just a charming joker. He is. Can I say I hated Chris Pine until this movie? Really? <laughs> yep. Hi, here here to be the here here to be the opinion that whoa, yeah, I I did not like him, was not a fan, didn't think he was hot, and I still don't think he's hot. But charming, yes. And the first thing I texted my aunt because she was like, "How'd you like it?" And I was like, "Um, it was amazing." And I said, "And Chris Pine didn't hate him," and she's like, "Yeah, right." I'm like, "No, I know I I didn't hate him. God, he he was good. You also saw a lot of his body, which I really appreciated." Just saying. Yep, that was good too. So we're gonna yep. <laughs> so we're just gonna objectify men, ladies. Is that what we're gonna do? Well, considering you know we've sometimes... been objectified. <laughs> yeah, I mean sometimes women do that, you know. Just like sometimes men do that. Teresa, what were we talking about you objectifying someone else at one point? The war. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were. Didn't even have to jog that memory. It's just <laughs> right there. There's some Thor for me. <laughs> it's right there on the surface. <laughs> oh, it's right there on the surface. Um, I think about him every day, you know. Every day. Every day. All right. Well, what Maybe a little bit. What I dug about what I dug about Steve Trevor in this is that whereas Wonder Woman is discovering Diana, I should say, is discovering because they never use the term Wonder Woman, by the way, in the movie. No, they do not. Where, where, which, uh, by the way, we've got a new thing coming for everyone. We don't know if it's going to be a recurring thing or not, but basically Derek sat down with his daughter Wesley and got the uh, got the scoop from her on what she thought of this movie. Oh, oh yes. I love, I love that. It. And when he mentioned her, he's like, well, you know they didn't call her Wonder Woman at all in this movie. They never say that word, those words. She goes, well, I guess they can do that in two. <laughs> That's her response. <laughs> I guess they can do that in two. That's Derek's daughter right there. There it is. <laughs> They just, you know, catch it in the sequel. Um, but whereas she comes into this world, and, and there is a bit of a naivete with her because she's in a whole new place, just like anyone when they enter a new land or a new 
uh, culture, that sort of thing. There's there's naivete that goes along with things. And with him, there's a naivete in dealing with a strong woman, um, a confident woman. You know, he's trying to be chivalrous and he's trying to be like you guys said, he's making it awkward on the boat and everything. And he wasn't trying to make it awkward. He's just trying to be respectful. Um, but he also at the same time recognizes that, to quote the Black Widow, he's got some red in his ledger that he wants to wipe out. And, and so he kind of goes off mission to go fulfill her mission. And in doing so, kind of finds a little bit of nobility that maybe he didn't find. I'll tell you who he reminded me of and pardon me for bringing this franchise into the mix. But you knew it was going to happen at some point. He reminded me a lot of Cassie and Andor from Rogue One. Yep. That, I hadn't thought about it. But yes. He's a sp- and then he has like a little he has kind of like a K2 is um that one guy that's supposed to be the sniper he's oh, in Pearl yeah. Harbor is that he's from Pearl Harbor he's in Pearl Harbor like the movie yeah I know I knew what you're he gets about. killed in Pearl Harbor but yeah oh my god he is in Pearl Harbor sorry I was like who was he in Pearl Harbor wait a minute the stutterer the stutterer now, what was his name in this movie? Do you guys remember? Nope. No. No. The Scottish guy with, with the kilt the... and the great accent. Oh, uh, let's see here. <laughs> he wasn't Ludendorff for Sir Patrick. He wasn't Samir. He was Charlie. Was it Charlie? Yeah, who's going to sing yeah, for me, okay. Charlie? Yeah. Ewan Brimmer. What else has he been in? Pearl Harbor, Pearl as Harbor. you said. <laughs> oh, he's in Train... Wasn't he in Train Spotting? He was in Train Spotting, yes. He sure was. Look at you. I thought he might be the Scottish guy from the rundown, but he's not. I thought I was going to be like, hey, Andy. Oh, yes, he was. He was the Scottish guy in the rundown. All right. Good. Thank God. I was right. <laughs> he was the pilot, the Scottish guy in the rundown. Did you guys see the rundown with The Rock and Sean William Scott? Yes, nope. I have. Oh, I love that movie. So good. They're, okay. So add this to your list, everybody. The rundown. It's worth a, It's worth a view. I'm telling you. Um, I don't know where else to go. I just, I, I'll, you know, feel free to gush. Okay. Okay. So I have a question for you, Steve. Okay. Being a fan of the comics, which mm-hmm. I'm assuming you were a fan of Wonder Woman comics back in your childhood years. Well. No? Uh, well, here's my thing with DC comics okay. from back in the day. When I was collecting comics... When I first started collecting comics and I was getting into it, I walk over to the comic book shelf, and I've told this story before. I pick up, because I'm like, oh, there's Superman. I love Superman. always did love Superman. I pick up a Superman book. I kind of thumb through it. At the end of the book, Superman and Wonder Woman are kissing. They are locking lips. It's a big splash page of them just locking lips, and I'm like... This is wrong. Like this is now. Understand something. I had read two comics at this point, and this is how much of a geek I was. <laughs> well, they don't even know how to write Superman. He doesn't love Wonder Woman. He loves Lois Lane. This is dumb. And I immediately put it down and said, "I refuse to read DC comics." And wow. Be- and became a Marvel kid. Now, granted, I was an eleven-year-old boy, so, you know. Um, but I got really big into the Marvel stuff, and it wasn't until uh, the late 90s I dug into the DC stuff when uh, they relaunched uh, JLA 
and on the cover was Superman, Batman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, Green Lantern, Flash. And I'm like, it's like the Super Friends for the 90s. And I had to pick it up. And that's when I started to kind of discover full-on everybody and everything. So um, my knowledge of Wonder Woman comes from the Super Friends and from the Linda Carter TV show in the 1970s. But go ahead and ask your question because I have accrued knowledge since then. Okay, so having knowledge of Wonder Woman prior, because I really didn't, I mean, obviously I know who she was, but I didn't read any of her comics or really know much about her going into seeing her first appearance in Batman versus Suck. And <laughs> Why couldn't you say Suck versus Superman? Uh, okay, Suck versus Superman, uh-huh. whatever. But because the movie is called Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice or so whatever. Why not Dawn of Suck? Okay, Dawn of Suck. There we go. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Okay. It's supposed to be positive. And it's supposed to be positive on this show. Well, that movie's bad. Okay. <laughs> you mean, can you can email Teresa. You can email Teresa at vaulttalk at gmail dot com. Tell me it's not bad. <laughs> not good. I I could too, but okay. <laughs> I would really honestly, okay, well, we'll get to that in a second because I would love for you guys to explain that to me. So, yeah, Kristen. seeing as how I didn't have a whole lot of knowledge about Wonder Woman going into it, how do you feel it held up to like the expectations of Wonder Woman? I, I, uh, from, from my standpoint, like I say, for me, what to me, it's like how much of a hero is this person going to be? I think one of the things that's been lost in. DC movies, and and part of it is the fault, uh, it goes all the way back to the 90s with Tim Burton and his Batman, is the heroism of these characters. And and comics nowadays have been written very gritty, and they've been written so as to kind of um, make the super... They've tried to make the superheroes so conflicted that they almost make them all jerks and bad people. And so when I go into a superhero movie, I want a superhero who is doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do, I want someone who is um, who is fighting for the right. I, I want someone who is, even, no matter how dark the situation, and no matter how down they may be, they're going to to fight to overcome the odds. And I'm telling you, when they're walking through the trenches there, uh, at the no man's land scene, and she sees those people, and she is just moved by their plight, to and then they're like well this is no man's land we haven't been able to get through here the entire war and she's like well follow me you know and she climbs out of that trench for me that is everything that character should be if if they're going to put her in a world war one setting that's everything that character should be not someone who like when in the doomsday fight in batman versus superman batman v superman in the Doomsday Fight, there's a moment where she's fighting. She kind of grins, you know, like, oh, I love the fight. I'm a warrior princess, and I love to fight. I love to fight so much. Um, I was okay with that, but what I'm even more okay with is, is, is a hero who is standing to help people who cannot help themselves because that's what superheroes are supposed to do. They don't take the place of police or firemen or or anything like that, they, they're they the ones who show up when everything else has been done and nothing else can be done. And so now they step in. And 
you know, and, and in that moment where the understanding came over Steve of like, okay, I'm dealing with someone on a completely different level that I never really, though he saw it on that island, it still didn't quite sink into him. You know, and when right. she's walking through that field deflecting the bullets and the mortars and everything else, I'm like, you go, Wonder Woman. You go. So that was that was my, I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic characterization to answer cool. your question. Kristen, are you are you tracking with that or are you still on this dawn of suck thing? Did we lose Kristen? No, I'm here. I said I, was, <laughs> I didn't think you were talking to me. I said, Kristen, are you tracking with that or are you? Oh yes, hundred percent yes. Or like you... that is what that is what a hero should be, and I feel like that is what a lot of people get so upset about with these current DC movies is that the heroes don't feel like heroes. And in this movie, the entire time I was like, she, it, she is stripped down. That is what a hero is. Yeah. That's what yeah. people want to see in a hero. She's everything Superman should have been as a hero in Man yeah, of Steel. Yeah, you know, I agree because it's very similar to like what Supergirl is doing on the, on the TV show. Mm-hmm. And and like the Flash, like they are, even though obviously the Flash has his troubles, you know, with his Flashpoint stuff and all that. But like, you know, they are like true heroes, which is why I like the DC shows on the CW for the most part, except for like Arrow's gotten kind of eh. But the rest of it has been awesome. Because I feel like it has that, but that feel. But see, that's the thing is it's not that they're infallible. It's just that they don't, they don't continuously give in to their fallibility. Like at some mm-hmm. point, they overcome their fallibility. That's what, to me, that's what a hero does. And in this situation with Wonder Woman, I, I'm telling you, as I was watching her, and it really comes down to the no man's land scene for me. The whole Ares fight breaks; it, it kind of falls apart a little bit for me because it goes into Zack Snyder style filmmaking and everything. Um, I thought of you as soon as that started. I was like, Steve's going to hate this. Well, I didn't hate it, but I was just like, I I think there was some more interesting ways they could have gone because honestly, with all the explosions and the fight and the lightning and the beams, I was like, I feel like we've already seen this now in two other DC movies. I mean, it's just kind of my take on it, you know. Um, But I, I thought for her that she was so well number one i'm a gal gadot fan yeah Uh, she's pretty awesome she is great she's just an awesome woman and and i i absolutely dig her and i and i thought she brought a lot of good to the table as wonder woman and so i think the characterization was spot on and that's what i want dc to take away is that is that the thing about the dc characters is marvel has heroes Marvel has superheroes, but DC, the characters of DC are legends. And and they transcend the street-level superheroes of, of the Marvel Universe a lot of times. When you're talking, when you say the name Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, you're talking about a trinity of characters that has been around since the 1930s and 40s. And you're talking about characters that have, though they've changed here and there at their core who they are at their core has been consistent throughout their existence and whenever 
they get brought to the screen and, and that gets and that tries to be changed in them it, it never quite works out that well and with what and what they found with wonder woman was a way to write this character with all the purity all of the heroism all of the all of the grace that wonder woman has and and make it completely ba at the same time that's so that's where i that's where i fall on on this on this situation so much so that i was i wasn't in tears at no man's land scene but i was like this is pretty awesome this is pretty amazing um apparently Kristen patty jenkins says she was really inspired by the christopher reeve superman richard donner superman from back in the day which i'm all for yes ma'am <laughs> i mean honestly if you're going to be inspired you should be inspired by the best right i i, I think that movie is now i've known some people who've watched it for the first time and they're like it just doesn't hold up but uh, to me i think that movie is the standard by which all superhero movies should be judged i i agree because if you look at like how like beat for beat how the story is told look at every superhero movie since then it basically hits all those same points they followed that formula donner definitely set out a formula donner donner and mank set out a formula that from the origin here's the origin here is the first night out and now here's the big plot coming all together that the, that our hero has to you know find himself victorious against mm -hmm. um and and so yeah everything every movie generally that's come out since every superhero movie has kind of done that that deal um but she was also inspired by the little mermaid there's a, a moment that's a little mermaid moment i can't remember what it was are you are you being serious right now no i i'm dead serious I'm dead serious. She, I just don't remember what it was. She said I'll see this? if I can find it. Well, Kristen, did you catch in the um, in the alleyway scene just the similarities there? Uh huh. From. <laughs> oh yes, like I that entire thing. Like I loved all of that. I loved like before that, like her getting the outfit and outfit mm -hmm. number two hundred sixty, and then they put the glasses on her. Like I thought that was such a good touch, mm -hmm. and then like quartered in the alley boom oh the wristband or the wrist bracelets oh my gosh they deflect bullets oh my god maybe not maybe don't stand back oh my god yeah yeah the glasses fall off she steps on them like i love that entire scene like that was such a nod to like i felt like those old classic superhero movies and then it's like okay now we're gonna make it modern with every single other fight in this movie but this is gonna be a nod to the past it really was, but there's also that scene in Superman where the mugger brings him right down the alleyway, he, he and Lois, and and Lois goes to hand him the purse, and she drops it and kicks him in the face, and when she does, his gun goes off, and Clark reaches over and grabs the bullet. Boom. <laughs> and, uh, and then he runs off, and she's like, Clark, Clark, and she's like, he's like, oh, I must have fainted, and you fainted. Um... And then it cuts him, and he just kind of tosses the bullet away. He opens his hand, it's there, and he just tosses it away. But it's it's that, I mean, that alleyway sequence was right from her reaching over and everything. And then it took it a step further, of course, as you said, with the fight and all. Um, but, man, that was my, I guess, though, the thing, if I have a criticism, and I've said this already, is that the, the movie moves a little slow for my taste. Like, I'm glad that you dug the whole beach scene, Kristen, because for me it took a little long to get there really yeah yeah but they had they had to do all that build like all that 
like, okay, here's her as a child. Here's the... Like, I didn't think that moved slow at all. If anything, I thought the end of the movie moved really slow. Yeah, I would. I agree with Kristen. Because the end part... It's almost like DC... They have this thing where they hit, like, their third act, and it kind of goes sort of slow. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of consistent in the new, like, DC movies. But when you're ready, Steve, I have the Little Mermaid thing. Go ahead. Okay, so when she rescues Steve Trevor out of the water, mm-hmm. it's like when Ariel rescues Eric and she's sitting there looking over him and like puts her hand on the side of his face and like moves his hair out of the way. And it's that whole scene from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> Is that, was it intentional? So it actually, it was. And the it was Patty Jenkins and then also Alan Heinberg who did the screenwriting. And he actually says in an article that I have right in front of me, he's quoted by saying, this is a, this story as I see it is The Little Mermaid, specifically Disney's incarnation. This is a woman who has been raised in a very protective, sheltered life. She's curious about what life is like outside, and she wants to have her own experience. She wants to be where the people are. But it's not, uh, but it's not in that rebellious attitude of the of the old no, little mermaid. No, 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 no. But it's it's just sort of in that same mm-hmm. like vibe. Yeah. And then they did that scene with the the beach like yeah. Ariel and Eric. I can see that. I I want to get to the end fight real quick because you guys both said it kind of slowed down. I want to explain what I thought was slow there at the beginning. I think they could have done a Lord of the Rings kind of telling you know, in two or three minutes, the whole war of Zeus and the people, you know, when she's telling Diana the story rather than the artwork and her just kind of talking over it. Um, Hippolyta talking just kind of over things. Um, because to me, that that moment kind of drags everything down. The fight on the beach and everything was cool and groovy. And and then she goes and gets her suit and she just kind of wraps herself up in the in the cloak or whatever. And I kept just waiting. I'm like, when are they going to reveal this thing? When are they, and they finally do at the perfect moment there at No Man's Land. But still, it was just kind of a thing of like, they're really stretching out this reveal. Like, they went too much to the joke of, whoa, 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 close that up. You know, they went too much to that joke, I felt like. Um, but when you get to that final fight, I, I don't know that it moved slowly as much as it was just long. And I think that's the thing with Man of Steel and uh, Batman v Superman, and now this, I think these final act fights just go on a little bit a skosh, if I can use that term, too long. I agree. And I, I think that's what it is more than it just being slow. But it's almost like it gives you, yes, while that's true, it's very hard to tell that it's the fight that's so long. You know, rather than the fight being slow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's very easy to to overlook one or the other. Well, I think because they take so much... I don't know. There's, time, there's so much time to make the explosions happen and so much time to show the destruction and to cut away to this thing and to, and to do this. And then I'm just like, I don't... How did you guys feel about Steve dying? I, I, I like knew it was almost coming. necessary. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I don't like. I don't like anyone named Steve Dunn, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> I didn't like it. Like that. I was like, no. Like I don't want him to do that. But then, like, 
as it was happening, I was like, no, this is what is going to happen that's going to make her finally be, like, going to make her realize that she is capable of defeating Ares. Like, that's going to be her tipping point. Yeah. Like, I knew that that was how they were going to do it. And I was like, you go, Steve Trevor. Like, yes, you have your heroic moment, too. So a man. The the time he's just running around being like, Diana, don't do that. So a man had to empower her. She was already empowered the entire movie. She just had to believe in herself. I'm just... And sometimes, and sometimes it takes an act of heroism or love or seeing someone that you love do something that you never thought that they could do or that they would do for you to realize that you have that same kind of strength and power inside of yourself. And sometimes when we touch, my honesty is too much. Um... I, I don't know. I, I did not like him dying. I understood why it had to happen. I get that. But I was just like, come on, we can find a way. Let's have let's have a happy ending, you know. Let's let's let them be together till he's a ripe old age. Maybe it's just the old romantic in me, guys. I don't know. Um But it, at least they got their dance, Steve. They did get their that's right. It wasn't like old Steve Rogers and, <laughs> and uh Peggy Carter, man. Good night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so what are we saying? chat right now geek out loud who cares do that at least they have to have a dance that's what we just said here um <laughs> i look if, if if this trend continues and i don't know if it will or not i know that I, I don't know that warner brothers understands fully what they need to do to make a really good i don't even know if they get it from this you know i First, they were going to go a little more jokey and lighthearted, and you know. But then you hear that they they didn't want the no man's land scene in there, and it's like, well, what do you think makes this movie? What do you think, you know? And and I I really think the whole thing hinges on that scene, on the no man's land, and going in and liberating the whole town and everything. Um, because That's the thing everyone has talked about since that movie came out. Yep. Like, whenever spoiler reviews come out, it's like Wonder Woman in No Man's Land is the best thing that the DC Universe has done since The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I agree. And I can't... And that's what concerns me about maybe Justice League coming is if the studio is is thinking, well, this is what we need, then then somebody in that studio needs to back on off. Because mm-hmm. they, because obviously they don't know what they're, what they're talking about. Now I've only heard that from one source, so I, I should, I should stop kind of hanging my little hat on that thing and, and verifying it. But uh, so, so so far this this year, ladies, we've had Guardians two and we've had Wonder Woman. Um, and cars. Well, I'm just talking about the superhero. What? How is Lightning McQueen and Cruz Ramirez not superheroes? They're cars. they are to me, Steve. I mean, Belle was pretty heroic in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I'm just she saying. Was. Here we go. <laughs> that movie was amazing, Steve. By it the... was very good. It was excellent. Speaking of Belle, by the way, my little niece is turning two years old this weekend. She's, we're having her birthday this weekend. And um, everyone is wearing character shirts to her birthday party. Uh, Ooh, you should wear a Mater shirt. Well, my shirt is The Beast. Yeah. Oh, it says Uncle perfect. Steve. Yay. Yep. The best prince. Yep. So, 
and uh and you've asked my little niece what she is she says i'm a princess so <laughs> bless her heart <laughs> all right well ladies uh, any any wrap-up thoughts about this movie or or what you maybe hope to see in a sequel Teresa? man i don't even know what to what to see in a sequel but because i don't really know wonder woman's history as far as from the comics or the tv show but maybe something set in the present you know so we're mm-hmm. actually seeing her doing something now yeah uh, but i'm really excited for a second one i'm really looking forward to that but i'm not probably gonna see justice league in the theater so i'll wait <laughs> So wow. I can just watch her part. That's right. You said you like this, but you didn't like it so much that you were sold on Justice League yet. Correct. Okay. And Kristen, does and that... I think it's because of what they've done for me with Superman and Batman at this point that I just... I, I am not... Don't really care about, about Aquaman. Don't really care about some of the other people in the Justice League. I mean, I like The Flash, but I really love grant gustin from the flash on tv so it's really hard for me to like think of the flash being somebody else so Mm -hmm. i don't know kristen you got any wrap-up thoughts or what you like to see in a sequel so i've i've thought about this and i am i like i'm a fan of like period movies anyway like i i think a big part of this movie that i like so much was the fact that it was set in a in a specific time period like, I don't need World War II because, you know, it's been done. But I think it would be really killer to see Wonder Woman in, like, Vietnam. Ooh, teaming up with Ooh, Rambo. yeah. Yeah, like, something like that where, like, it's a huge, it's such a rich part of history. And no one has inserted a superhero into that war yet and talk about a conflict between you know these soldiers going into this battle and a lot of them not really believing in the cause and then having the people at home so against the war like that's such a rich area that i think would be really cool um or present day like yes put her in this world now because the world needs wonder woman good lord um but yeah, I, I definitely will be seeing Justice League in the theater. Do I have faith in it after Suicide Squad? Not really. But um, I am down for Aquaman because I'm down for Jason Momoa. So you mm-hmm. can call me a superficial chick and it's fine. <laughs> but whatever. I'm down. I'll see it. But good Lord, Warner Brothers, look at Wonder Woman. Look at what was successful about it. And if you have to follow, if you have to become the Nickelback of movie makers and you just make the same movies over and over again, this is the movie to copy for the love of God. Well, some people would say, <laughs> you know, some people would say that Marvel has done that. They've just kind of copied themselves over and over, um, but to great success. Uh, I don't know if that's true though, because you get things like Doctor Strange, which aren't like other stuff, or things like Ant Man that are different. Right. Uh, listen, you know? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't subscribe to that particular criticism. I'm just saying that there's some people that would say that. There, there's some. I read someone. Someone tried to tell me, and it might have been my friend Scott Rifen, who's a contrarian anyway, but basically said that Doctor Strange was just Iron Man. What? No, it wasn't. I know. Hey, I know. <laughs> I know. But look, people, haters gonna hate, guys. Haters gonna hate. Um, Whedon, I, I, we haven't really talked about it on on the show, but Josh Whedon is coming in. He came in to kind of finish up 
production for Zack Snyder in the wake of their family tragedy. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I just wonder what kind of flourishes or touches he may be putting on things. Um, I'm not sure if, if he will. I, I imagine he'll try to be as respectful as possible to the stylings of, of Zack Snyder. But I will say this, that, that I don't think that I like Zack Snyder's filmmaking. And, and and I think that what detracted from this movie for me, from Wonder Woman, it, it, you know, outside of some of the pacing, was that final battle went into full Zack Snyder mode. Um, you know, you could see where Patty Jenkins' hands were either tied or where she tied her own hands to make sure that this looked like the rest of that universe. And there's something about the way these movies are shot and the effects are done, and, and I said this with Arish, um, that I don't know if they mean for it to look like a painting or, or look like a little cartoony, but it comes off like that. And, and, and so some of the lasso effects to me didn't quite work. They, they looked like some rotoscoping from the 80s kind of stuff that just seemed out of place. But, um, Kristen, I, I agree with you that, you know, if you've got to pull out your cookie cutter and make everything look like this from here on out, go ahead. Go ahead and do that, uh, Warner Brothers and and enjoy the money that as it rolls in because it'll roll in for you i believe um gal gadot i will watch 25 more pictures of her as as wonder woman uh absolutely um love this woman uh as a person and and as the character she portrays so uh especially the fact that she went back and reshot scenes pregnant oh yeah well you know she spent two years in the israeli defense force for crying out loud so, come on. She can kick my butt. And, quite frankly, I'd let her. So, <laughs> She's your Wonder Woman. She is my Wonder Woman. Now, no, mm, listen, Linda Carter will, will, will always be my first and only Wonder Woman, but <laughs> Gal Gadot can sit at the table with her. And what a table that would be. I'll sit at that table any day, too, by the way. Um, so, anyhow. Well, Teresa, Disney Vault Talk, we're going to be doing Wreck-It Ralph next. Woo, we may be calling Chaz in to talk a little Wreck-It Ralph. Um, Sugar Rush. Sugar Rush. So uh, check us out at Disney Vault Talk. You can find that over at geekoutpodcast.com. Talk at gmail.com. All the ats on the Twitter at Vault Talk, right? At Disney Vault Talk. At Disney Vault Talk on the Twitter and the Instagram. And Teresa's mm-hmm. getting ready for a big anniversary trip to Disney, aren't you? I am. Five-year wedding anniversary. Disney World's coming up. All right. So, and I'm sure we'll be following all that on the Instagrams and everything else. Kristen, we've got Rock Out Loud coming hopefully next week. Yeah, buddy. Any idea what we'll be talking about? I mean, I have a lot of new bands that I've been listening to and discovering. So, maybe we could just do a hangout and I talk about and gush over new bands. All right. Well, I'm ready to listen to some Greta Van Fleet. So... You know they're going to be on there. By the way, did we discover on Rock Out Loud that Foreigner is going to be in Atlanta with the Jason Bonham Led Zeppelin experience? No, we definitely didn't. I knew that, though, because my friend is going. Well, you sure didn't tell me. Well, sorry. Every time I text you, I get, I was just doing a funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's one time. Go eat some ice cream. You'll feel better. Um, It's at Rock Out. Sexist. Yeah, at Rock Out Loud. Vanilla in a waffle cone. Mm. With don't, Jimmy's rainbow, don't. not chocolate. Now, when you say Jimmy's, is that sprinkles? Not in my area, it's not. They're okay. Jimmy's. Okay. Teresa, Jimmy's or sprinkles out there in Austin? Hmm. Uh, sprinkles. Okay. Yeah. 
Jimmy's, I, that didn't sound right. I can't help it that y'all don't live in the tri-state area, specifically South Jersey, Philadelphia. Get out of my face. I love that you say y'all, though. Um, yeah, y'all. What's up? It's you, y'all. On the Twitter, Teresa's at Ice Cold Penguin. Kristen is at Xboxing the Stars. I'm at Steve Glosson. Follow Geek Out Loud at Geek Out Loud. And follow the entire Goliverse at Goliverse. We invite you to uh, join all the discussions that are happening on the Facebook group over Ooh. at Facebook.com. It's uh, the Guardians of the Goliverse. The best way to get there is by going to geekoutonline.com slash group. Geekoutonline.com slash group. And uh, you can join up. We're usually pretty quick in approving you if you're real. And make sure that you comment on Teresa's pinned post to let her know that you agree to all of her rules. And uh, we're having a good time. It's real positive over there. Real positive place. Every And every host at some point posts in that group. Kristen will post stuff mm -hmm. about Rock Out Loud. Teresa will post the Disney stuff. Derek posts stuff here lately. Derek's been a, Derek has found and loves the group. So... Look, we, awesome. we're, Dave will post some wrestling stuff and some geek stuff, so we're all over there doing some fun stuff there in the in the old Guardians of the Goliverse. So come join us. Go it's team. A, it's a go team. It's a good time. Uh, Golcon, you know, we'll, we're praying. Uh, Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. We've got we've got bids for Austin. We've got bids for Atlanta, Nashville, Memphis. So we'll see. We'll see who comes in with the with the best offer. Whatever. Uh, geekoutonline at gmail.com geekoutonline at gmail.com we'll be doing a mailbag episode soon to clear out the old mailbag so let us hear from you geekoutonline at gmail.com don't forget those Amazon links Entertainment Earth links Think Geek links and even fabric.com uh, links for all the crafty people out there so uh, check those out at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com we thank all of our patrons at patreon.com slash geekoutloud we thank you so much for your support of these shows and uh and hope that you'll continue to keep that up and we'll try to continue to keep bringing you good stuff like this Teresa, Kristen, thank you both so much it's been a blast thank you Absolutely. for having me we need to do this again we need Kristen on Vault Talk for something awesome alright, well I'm going to try to do a Geek Out Loud Rock Out Loud Vault Talk sign off mashup here we go may all your days be magical may all your nights be rocking we'll see you on the next Geek Out Loud